CRE Power Hour, everyone. My name is Lisa Marie Wand and my fabulous co-host, Stephanie Gillison. We have spent the last two decades growing and scaling our businesses. And together, we are bringing a new space for you to learn alongside the best in the real estate business at CRE Power Hour. Today, our guest speaker is Cindy Santolina, and we're so excited to have her on our show. Reminder, we do have a live audience joining us today, so please drop your name in the chat. Let us know where you're from, and we welcome you to ask questions in the chat during the show, and let's get right to it. Hi, Cindy. Thanks for being on our show today. Hello. Good morning, Stephanie and Lisa Marie. Thanks for having me. I'm going to give you a little um, highlight here. I know you have what, 15 years experience in SBA lending, and that's one of the things we're going to talk about today. And you help small businesses uh, and probably medium-sized businesses to realize their dreams of commercial real estate ownership. I feel like that's an incredible motivator and a big why. And you also worked for a certified development company as well as one of the largest global banks. And it says here that you give a unique perspective and depth of knowledge when it comes to loan types and SBA eligibility. And I know that firsthand because I've referred several clients over to you and I've worked with Harvest before. Um, so welcome, welcome to the show. And uh, it's so great to have you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, Cindy, so the audience yeah. can know you like, like we know you. Well, thank you again. Um, so Lisa, thank you for that. Lisa Marie, thank you for that great um, introduction. I appreciate it. Um, I'm located here in Reno, Nevada, I'm close to you, Lisa Marie, so it's great to be working with you here in our local market together. Um, I've done all of my SBA lending between, you know, a bank or a certified development company at Harvest. You know, we're a non-bank lender and we are a nationwide non-bank lender. So what that allows me to do is, you know, work with people all over the country that need SBA financing. Um, I've, you know, been doing this for a, a while. I've, I've seen the transactions from the SBA perspective, working at the certified development company. I've seen transactions from the bank perspective um, with the different nuances and doing construction lending or business acquisitions and things like that. I'm, I'm now focused solely on commercial real estate. So that's my passion. That's what I love to do. And SBA is really a great tool for small businesses to go ahead and invest in their companies and buy commercial real estate, give them the opportunity to grow their business um, without worrying about whether their you know, landlords don't wanna lease them anymore or whether their landlords might increase their rates. So it's just been a, a great career. Um, if people are looking for SBA lending in their careers, you know, feel free to call me, not that I'm hiring directly, but you know, have a lot of good bank contacts with my many years of, of doing this. So it's just been a, it's just been a good, a good um, career and I'm, I'm thankful to be here. Well, we're glad to awesome. have you and I'm glad to be back, Lisa Marie, because the last couple of things we were, I was, you were traveling, then I was traveling and I was at ICSC we're back a couple weeks together. ago. We're back <laughs> together. So I'm glad to have that and glad to meet you, Cindy, because Lisa Marie speaks highly of you. And what we always want to make sure of is, is that, you know, 
we've built our careers because we've had great partners along the way. And so every time we identify somebody great in this industry, we want to give you all accolades because if you've made life easier for us to get to the closing table, we want to make sure everybody that uh, is out there learning about this industry and trying to build their business understands that that's exactly why you're here and so forth. So uh, what I'd like to do is, is define that SBA, if you'll give, you know, the audience that, that definition of, of, of what qualifies in that realm. I would love to, Stephanie. Thank you for that segue. Um, so SBA lending is, um, stands for Small Business Administration Lending, and we focus on companies. Um, we say small business, but these are pretty large companies. I mean, SBA allows companies with tangible net worths of, you know, up to $15 million dollars net income after taxes of $5 million on average for the past two years, uh, manufacturers that have less than 500 employees. So, you know, we're really targeting um, these small, medium, and even some larger privately held companies that want to um, use SBA. The biggest eligibility qualification for SBA is, you know, you have to occupy at least 51% of the property that you want to purchase. So, you know, I look at this as kind of a a business commercial mortgage for somebody that wants to buy a home for their business. And, you know, we're um, looking at only owner users. Um, we can finance some interesting properties like self-storage, um, things that we haven't been able to do in the past. We're still limited to um, only financing, you know, for-profit small businesses. So, you know, apartment buildings and things like that don't qualify, but, um, you know, we, our goal is at SBA or at SBA's goal is to create jobs. Um, and this is one way that they do it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and and <clears throat> there's lots of different scenarios, Cindy. I mean, Stephanie and I know this, but let's talk to our live audience today and those that will be watching later on our or listening on our podcast. There's lots of different scenarios for SBA loans. For example, um, you know, when someone wants to purchase their very first home for their business, I love the way that you say that. That's one scenario. But there's also um, expansion type loans mm -hmm. and construction type loans. And um, maybe if they're opening a franchise, they can still get a loan for SBA. So can you talk to about some of the scenarios so we can get the wheels of our audience turning about what they might be able to talk to um, their potential clients about? Sure. Um so I think the biggest thing and why most clients um, like SBA or want to pursue an SBA loan is the low down payment. That's number one. They only have to put down 10% to purchase their property. We give them longer terms, typically longer fixed rate options as well for real estate. And as you mentioned, Lisa Marie, these um, loans are designed to help small businesses grow, whether you know they're starting with their first location and they're moving on to their second or they're, you know, buying a bigger building because they don't have enough room right now in their existing location. It's really to help existing companies expand. There are ways that we can help small businesses start something, but those are, those are more, you know, um, non-SBA type lending. So we're really focusing on helping the companies that have shown some success already being um, a business, they're able to manage it, they have employees, and they want to take it to that next level. Um, you can purchase real estate, that's what I do for, for SBA, but you can also buy another company. Say you're a landscaping um, company and you want to expand your 
business. And the easiest way to do that a lot of times is an acquire another landscape company. And you can use SBA financing to do that. Um, you know, just again, going back to the 10% down, if you weren't to use SBA and you wanted to go to your bank and finance it without the help of SBA, instead of 10% down, you might be looking at 25 or 35% down. So it really helps companies keep their working capital in their business, be able to grow, hire more people, and really just make sense for, for that participation. And SBA has been just instrumental in the growth of small businesses. Um, I don't know if, and it seems to me very obvious, but it might not be for a lot of people. Um, small businesses employ 80% of the people in the United States, not the big giant corporations that we think of. Um, it's really the kind of grassroots nuts and bolts that we see our communities grow with these small businesses. So the fact that, you know, we're able to help them even continue to grow more, that's, that's, that's a huge, huge benefit. Um, and, you know, there are lots of um, additional things sometimes that we consider with SBA that other lending programs don't. And working with an experienced SBA lender is going to help your clients really tune in and focus on what's important in their application, what they need to provide upfront so that, you know, you're not wasting a lot of time getting nowhere. So, you know, there are, I think most banks do offer SBA loans. Um, I just encourage everybody to really um, talk to their, either their brokers or their, or their bankers and just really get an idea of who's doing a lot of SBA lending out there and, um, and they'll have more success. Because it's a lot of navigate for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and I'm glad you 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 touched on the fact that um, you know 80 percent of the businesses or the small businesses, you know that that's that's really what's powering America. And you know, over the course of the last several months, we speak to this all the time because at EXP Commercial, we're not just built for commercial real estate, but we are doing a lot of business opportunities and brokering because you know with the headlines that keep uh, you know, coming every single day, no matter what publication you open, they're still speaking about and mentioning the great resignation and how mm -hmm. so much of America has is now wanting to move into being that entrepreneurial side. And then you've also got the baby boomers that are also looking for that exit time frame to happen. And so, you know, the 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 data that I've read and, and a lot of the economic advisors that I follow speak to and, and make sure I'm, you know, in the know are saying that there's going to be three trillion dollars worth of businesses bought and sold over the next five years. Three trillion dollars. And so we always like to speak to our agents and say, look, here's an opportunity. So can you speak to that, Cindy, of what you have seen in you know, maybe the last 12 months, what kind of uptick have you all been seeing at the rate of where people are coming to, to borrow these loans? Um, again, you know, my focus in the last 12 months, especially probably the last three or four years has been primarily commercial real estate. And um, I will say, as you guys have seen, just huge demand for product, a um, lot of scarcity. It's been a seller's market for some time. Um, a lot of stress on, you know, making those closing deadlines, you know, utilizing lending programs um, the most efficient way possible to, to, you know, get their buildings. But I, I've seen it um, just go just gangbusters and in different markets. You know, I, I don't only lend in Reno, but Reno has just been a huge, um, you know, source of, of, 
of good activity where we're kind of coming down on the inventory. We need more inventory, obviously, but it doesn't just happen here locally. There's a lot going on in all of Nevada and California. Um, I've worked work with loans, you know, in other parts of the country too. And it's, and it's just, it just seems like it's not stopping. And, you know, with more recent economic things happening right now with rates and, you know, rising and things like that, I feel like we're going to maybe be able to breathe a little bit more, have a little more um, time to really focus on which properties we want to go, go for. But, um, but I haven't seen really a, um, a slowdown in my pipeline in, in a while. And I think, you know, that's going to continue. Um, maybe next year we'll see some slowdown maybe by the end of the year, but um, it's, it's, it's tremendous. And with the ability to put 10% down, even with the rising cost of real estate, it still makes it possible for a yeah. lot of my clients, which makes, which makes me happy. <laughs> when I talk to um, people that are looking to buy a business or buy commercial real estate or even expand, SBA loans are not always the first idea that comes to the forefront of their mind. <clears throat> and I, I manage expectations with clients on SBA loans. I say it's paperwork heavy and it can take a little time. So here's one of the things that I've seen in the West Coast market where I work, the Western United States, is we have local business owners that are looking to expand or open a business. They're working with an SBA loan and we put out the letter of intent and we're moving forward. And then all of a sudden someone swoops in. I don't wanna you know, bag on California, but we have a lot of people in California that have sold property that's worth a lot of money and they're cash heavy and they come in, they swoop in and they make a cash offer and bam, there goes the property. You know, my client's upset and because the SBA loan takes some time and I say 90 days, possibly 120 to be safe. So can you offer any hope for people that are looking at SBA loans, business owners with the timeline that happens? Is there some things that we can do strategically to help these clients that are participating in this great program. I'd love to see government programs that really work because SBA truly does help expand American entrepreneurs and business owners and covering such a large percentage of our work base. So what are your thoughts on that, Cindy? Um, I think you bring up a really good point, Lisa Marie. I, I feel this, you know, and in every transaction that I'm involved in, there is a time crunch. There are no wasted days. You know, we really need to keep on track and keep the communication going as much as possible, as quickly as possible. I think the, the biggest thing that um, buyers can do to set them up, set, set themselves up for success is to really work with a lender upfront, get the financials in, get the application in, talk about any credit issues that may be present. We don't want any surprises, you know, after we start underwriting because that just slows everything down. And then it creates some doubt around the applicant and the business. So I, I do a lot of deep dive digging, like right up front, right in the beginning, just to, so I can knock all of those things out of the way in case, you know, an underwriter sees the, a question about something that's on the balance sheet that isn't maybe something that we see all the time. Like I ask those questions up front. So um, having that pre-qualification and a lot of lenders say they don't do pre-qualifications. And I feel like for me, a pre-qualification is looking at the financials, looking at what the potential cash flow requirements are to purchase this building with the mortgage that they want and say, look, like this is 
seems like a doable transaction based on the numbers that I have. Now, if you aren't telling me everything up front and I find something out later that will impact, you know, the approval, then, you know, that's a discussion we need to have up front right now, right away so that we don't have it. I, I feel that one of the things that I help my clients with up front in the beginning is giving them the confidence that most of the time, if, if I issue an LOI, um, I'm confident that I can get the transaction done. Um, there are things that happen that pop up here and there. Um, last year, I had the uh, experience of working with SBA and their historical registry requirements, which takes like 30 days <laughs> to complete. So, you know, if it wasn't on the local historic registry, so it didn't come on our radar, um, it was, you know, it was something that we didn't have the information up front and that killed, you know, some, some time that we needed, but um, in, in general, you know, all the information we can provide up front would be, would be best. And um, I would say now, you know, SBA takes a process to approve them, you know, about three weeks. So we need that leeway up front to make sure that we can make that, you know, transaction close um, in the time that needs to close. I feel that with straight purchases, without construction generally, you know, 60, 90 days, um, having like a, a, a buffer if needed, you know, if, as long as we have the appraisal and the approval, we're just waiting for closing items, like having a buffer would be nice. Um, construction, we're definitely going out that 90, 120 days. So, you know, I always like to talk to the, the real estate agents that I'm working with to give them an understanding of, you know, this is not the client being slow with giving me their financials that I need. It's really more of a, um, a process where, you know, I have more than one person I depend on to get a loan approved, including the appraisal, including the environmental reports, including SBA. So, you know, just being very communicative with them, I think also helps and, and brings confidence to the transaction in times where there's a lot of activity or interest in that one property. So, you know, SBA is, is, it does take longer, but, you know, I feel like for me, knowing what we all went through in 20 and 21 with the PVP loan program, how SBA and, um, you know, the administration really helped small businesses gain this, not only on, you know, the small business side, but even, you know, on the development side, even on companies that don't even qualify for SBA, everybody benefits from the program when we all work together. So hopefully, you know, when we have, um, a client that is presenting an offer to a seller with an SBA loan, um, the client's done the homework up front, you know, with their lender to make sure that they have the best chance of closing within the time that they have to. Absolutely. And, and that's our job too, to coach our clients. Hey, go, you need to start this process now. We haven't identified yes. what you want to buy, but start this now because once mm -hmm. we do, we're already through that process. And Cindy, I'd like for you to share too, just, just, you know, in the event that we have a brand new junior agent on the call today, which is very likely, you know, what mm -hmm. is the longest process in all of this? Because a lot of times people think, oh, SBA, it's the government process, but there's a lot of steps in this and it's not mm -hmm. just controlled, you know, by the lender or by the SBA administration. So will you share that? Sure. I, there are a lot of moving parts and we try to do things in tandem. So we don't just, okay, here's only the approval. And then we start the appraisal and then we start, you know, closing. I'm, you know, 
when I see a it's transaction, like a ballet, I know, right? There's, there's all kinds of pieces going. It's yes. the, it's the lender yes. ballet. That's what I, the way I look at it. The lender ballet. <laughs> you know, I'm a ballet artist. I'm a quarterback. I, you know, if we, we all I want to see you do a pirouette, that Cindy. That's what I want to see. What's that? <laughs> I said, I want to see you do a pirouette next time I see you. <laughs> no, I used to be able to do one actually, but I don't think anymore. <laughs> um, but I think with the, the biggest chunks of timeline, you know, between um, every lender is going to have their own underwriting process, their own underwriting pipeline. Sometimes, you know, everybody's busy right now. It's going to take some time where, you know, I could maybe rush a transaction before I have to be cognizant and aware of my back office. And you know, talk to them first, like, Hey, this needs to be rushed. You know, what can we do? You know, can we, can we shave a couple days here off and in, in there, but there are other things that I can't control. Like, you know, the appraisal, for example, it takes about three weeks right now from when you order it to when it's done. So if you're working with a lender, who's pretty confident that, you know, this can happen. I try to start that appraisal early. If the comfortable, if the client's comfortable with it, if it's a large purchase, and it might mean that they're out $2,500 to make sure that appraisal comes in on time so that we can close. That might just be something that they have to be willing mm -hmm. to bring to the table and, you know, put their skin in the game, so to speak. Um, but, you know, you want to have, well, a, I like, a <clears throat> I like that um, when clients are willing to go for the, uh, pay for the appraisal right away, I, push for mm -hmm. that with my clients because it speeds things up. <clears throat> and I think where Stephanie was going too, Cindy, don't you think that the actual client themselves can be a big hurdle in an SBA transaction because we can only move as, and I say this up front, we're going to move at your pace. So if you want to mm -hmm. rock and roll, like we're ready. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to take your time getting like piecemeal, your financials and stuff, I mean, that can be the, one of the deal breakers in any kind of loan, but especially SBA, I, I get, I get my clients and my potential clients connected with uh, lenders. And you're one of my preferred lenders because you're national. I like the fact that you're non-bank and you can do SBA and commercial loans anywhere in the United States. Um, so I get them hooked up with you right away. And I, I've had clients many times they are like, let's just order the appraisal now. And they're willing to do it as a mm -hmm. cost of business and to be proactive and competitive in their offer. Um, and I like the fact that you offer a letter of intent. I just received one yesterday for a client. And um, so we can actually take that when we submit an LOI or purchase sale agreement and say, this is, this is a serious client. This is a real deal. <clears throat> the other thing I learned is that your idle and your PPP loans do not count against your lending ability with the SBA. Is that correct? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, that is correct. Um, so a lot of clients receive, you know, $550,000 idle loans or PPP loans that were forgiven. Um, they don't count against the maximum SBA loan amount that an individual company can borrow. Um, and that amount is $5 million. So the program is meant to, you know, purchase one large building. And um, that 5 million is only half of the financing because in 504 loans, the 40% piece of the, of the total lending is, is the SBA's loan. And that's how we can get up to like 15, even sometimes $20 million commercial real estate purchases with SBA. Um, but generally, you know, like two to, to five is like a sweet spot for SBA. We can go larger. 
um, with certain with certain property types using the 504 loan. Um, but uh, you know, just kind of going back to what you were saying about the client being, you know, the, the, the pace setter the of hurdle. how all of this works. <laughs> and you know, I, I think that's a very good point to make because when you're talking to clients and you're preparing them, say you, your client has a lease that's going to be up in six or 12 months and you know they want to purchase a building, work, you know, have them call their bookkeepers, their CPAs, make sure their financials are up to date because that can take time. And if you're, you know, working with a CPA who also has a lot of clients that have tax returns due, like give them some heads up, give, you know, help, let, help them help you by giving them, you know, your, your timeline so that you can work. Um, it's very important to have good financials. You know, when, when a client comes to me and, and I realize businesses, they do their business day in and day out. I don't know how to run their business and they don't all the time look at the financial side of things and, and, and rely on that as much as their instincts or just their knowledge. But when it comes down to financials, how is a lender going to really even be able to help you unless you give them good financials, not just back of the napkin type of, you know, profit and loss statements, but really know your business, like know where you are now, know where you want to be and be prepared because a real estate purchase is probably one of the biggest investments a business can make throughout their, throughout their lifespan of the business. It helps them, you know, become a, a better um, um, valued company to where they can sell it in retirement, all those things. So being, you know, prepared financially is super important and that will help speed things up because a lot of times we're waiting on the CPA or the bookkeeper mm -hmm. to give us financials yep. and, and things like that. Yep. It's so true. We have a question from our live audience today from Carolyn and she says, Cindy, do you offer any green loans? So SBA has a green eligibility um, component to it. So if I see when the, the green eligibility only really comes into play, in my opinion, um, is when you need more SBA financing, or if maybe your company doesn't create enough jobs, you know, because there are, besides, you know, being a small business, SBA wants you to create a certain number of jobs. And if, if you can, instead of create jobs, qualify under other, um, um, like, you know, things that they're, they're, they're trying to accomplish, including green or your, your buildings in a redevelopment area, or it's in a real community, or it's woman owned, or it's veteran owned, minority owned. Those are other ways that you can get past the job creation requirement. Um, there isn't, my knowledge, an energy loan to help a company, you know, become energy efficient. But if you're willing to spend the money to supply or, or to outfit your building to meet those requirements. Like you have to have 10% energy usage um, with the new with the new equipment that you put on the building, like whether it be solar panels or efficient lighting or a thermal, you know, heater, a thermal like ground heater to, to, you know, save some energy. We have to substantiate that in like a third party energy report to show SBA, you know, we're, we're, we're going to, create 10% less energy. And this is how we're going to do it. And if we need to install solar panels, it has to be part of the projects. And, and that will allow you to one, either waive the job creation requirement, or it could give you another $5 million to buy a separate building. So you're, you know, manufacturers and green projects, if you already maxed out your 5 million at SBA, you can use that strategy to get more money from SBA. 
Um, so I don't see a lot of green projects right now, to be quite honest. Um, you're going to see, you're going to see big. more because you're going to see more because um, Stephanie and I, I mean, our, our company is EXP commercial, uh, ESG scores and certification and cities that are starting to have legal requirements for green initiatives for buildings. Um, mm -hmm. It's a big deal, right, Stephanie? I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. spreading. You know, it, it's funny because I, and I always preface this by this isn't a political conversation. It's an actual regulation conversation right now. Yeah. There are cities with regulations because they have identified now, you know, everybody talks about air pollution and, and what cars cause and all this stuff. But what they've realized is 70% of the carbon emissions on this planet actually come from real estate. And so how do we also work to lower that? And so, there, you know, there's all kinds of incentives already out there where, you know, as they improve and make buildings more green, there's tax incentives. There's a lot of tax incentives. There's, you know, depending on what city, what municipality, what district, what, what have you, even, you know, down to the zip code. Um, but it's also that factor of, you know, with all the green bonds and where do we place them? And I think that that's something that most people think I'm speaking a foreign language, but I've done a lot of research and I've been working with a, a, an institute on this for about 11 months. And what we have found is, is that slowly but surely, these are going to become woven into, you know, it, it's already been passed that anything that's any company publicly traded, they're going to have to go in that direction. And so I think it's going to be interesting to see at what time does SBA roll that out. But I know that there's already things that exist in that. And, you know, that's really where the, the, the true knowledge comes into play, because and I'm glad you touched on the fact that somebody could be at their max, but they could gain another five million by doing this. Well, there's also another 5 million here and another 20 million here. And it's how do you piece all of that together? But it's a very interesting find. And I think that's what we're going to watch and see. That's where the next opportunity lies for anybody in this industry. Yeah. And yeah. I think um, so when I worked for TMC Financing, um, they're a certified development company. They basically act as SBA's lending um division, they're nonprofit, they partner with banks to do 504 loans. So I really had a lot of experience with eligibility at SBA because of my role at TMC. I was who the lenders looked for, for SBA clarity and things like that. And probably about maybe seven to 10 years ago, um, the Bay Area was really pushing for retrofitting a lot of these buildings to make them green, to make them, um, you know, meet the regulation requirements. Um, set out by the local governments. Um, and I thought we were going to have a lot more green projects with SBA because of that. And um, maybe I just didn't see all of them, but, you know, they, if you own a building and you need to refinance it and you need to get to where you are, you know, certified, you know, energy efficient per regulations, that would be a great way to utilize mm -hmm. SBA. Um, and it, you know, for the bigger companies, SBA is not available to them. They still have to qualify as a small business, but you know, if you know, we, we had a, a large, um, uh, auto body shop, collision repair shop in Las Vegas, and they were just going gangbusters. And this is probably seven to 10 years ago, but they, they ended up building three huge, um, warehouse buildings and, and shop buildings to, to help with their, collision repair. And we use the green project to get them the extra money so that they could build all the projects because it wouldn't be feasible for them 
to do it conventionally with 30% down. You know, that's with 30% down, they were able to build three buildings versus, you know, just one building. And, you know, because right. we could do 10% on each project. So that's where um, we really, we really thought that was a great example of, of how you could utilize something like that. We're getting some great comments from our live audience on this um, just discussion around around smart green buildings. Um, it's fascinating. Uh, please follow us on Instagram at, at CRE Power Hour. And we also have a podcast on Spotify, CRE Power Hour. And Cindy, I want to ask you, we have some questions we'd like to ask all of our amazing guests. What did you learn in either personally or professionally uh, coming going through COVID? What was your biggest aha moment? Um, it was an interesting time, like 2021, I think it brought me kind of um, closer to having my professional and my personal life be in balance, to be quite honest. You know, we, we have to give ourselves permission to take care of ourselves. And, you know, I really felt this year um, put that in perspective for me. I, I feel like, you know, there were just, um, there were just key things I kept going back to. It's like, we have to all know why we do what we do. Like, no, know why we're here, know um, how, you know, and focus on our strengths versus like, you know, always kind of, and this is what I do, you know, I, I always try to improve myself professionally and personally. And so I, you know, a lot of times kind of fall into that, man, I, I should, I should learn this. I could, I, I need to learn this. I, I don't know this yet. And instead of, you know, really kind of bringing it to where I, I don't, um, I focus on the things that I need to improve. Like I need to focus on the things I'm already good at and, and just really make That's that right. part of my business. Um, I feel like, you know, stepping up and just being there, focusing on clients, um, giving that extra edge because, you know, you're not in person that much anymore. Like, you know, we weren't able to meet clients in person and you really couldn't stop by somebody's office because either they wouldn't be there or it just wasn't welcome because of everything that's happening. So putting yourself in their shoes and really giving them, you know, your attention, being a partner to them, helping them fill out their application form or, you know, just, or just making it to where, you know, we're all in this together. I felt like that has been kind of, um, a good breath of fresh air for me because that's kind of energizes me when I work with people that, um, just, you know, really try to get it done, uh, you know, not be, you know, and, and just also recognize our, our, our support that we have within our own families, within the organizations that we work for, you know, understanding that there's a lot going on too, and just being there to help them. You know, I never, send anything to closing and just, okay, now make sure it's closed. No, it's like a, what do you need? How can I help you? Do I need to call the client? Are they not responsive? You know, just really I'm um, going that extra mile. And, and, um, and that's, I think that's, you know, kind of what I've taken from this last year more than anything, because you're sitting here with, with your own thoughts and yourself and your, you know, home office or, or other things. And a lot of people have gone back to, you know, working in offices, I think that's great. It's great for collaboration, but in the absence of that, you know, just giving yourself permission to, you know, focus on yourself and, and your business will, will be there too. Yeah, I like that because we ask this question a lot and Stephanie and I hear a lot of really interesting answers, but you know, Stephanie, don't you think the main, the main focus we've heard from people about going through two and a half years of a pandemic is, um, 
getting back to family, getting back to the basics, taking care of yourself, having a little more balance. And Cindy, I really like the fact that you were talking about having that big why and your purpose in your life. I was just coaching one of my commercial mentees this morning on the same thing, because that can be our litmus test for what we're doing in our life. Are we going in the direction that we want to go towards making strides and moving the needle towards what we want to do? Or are these choices and decisions to do something or not do something taking us farther away? And there is a scientifically proven direct correlation between having a greater purpose for your life, which usually includes helping other people and your level of stress, of um, psychological health, of illness, of, of all that stuff. So I really applaud you for recognizing how important that is and that you you learned some valuable or relearned and, and <laughs> identified some valuable lessons through the craziness that we all went through. And the other question that we wanted to ask you today is what's your secret sauce? What, what sets you apart from everybody else in the field that you work in? I, you know, that's, um, I don't, I've been doing this a very long time and I feel, you know, being, um, someone that, you know, being think or being, um, what is the word? I lose my word sometimes, but I just knowing like when you send me your client, Lisa Marie, you know, I, I take that with the highest level of regard because this is, this is your livelihood. This is your reputation. You're trusting me in working with your, with your clients. So I, I take that to heart. I think a lot of people do, but I think, um, when you show, you know, your gratitude and appreciation by just stepping up to the plate and being there hundred percent of the time. Um, I feel, you know, my, my strengths are, are really building relationships and keeping those relationships. I've made great friends from clients and, and referral partners and, and things like that. And I want to continue to do that. I feel, you know, that um, outside of just our everyday, you know, work, you know, when we find connections with people, we, we work with people that we like to work with. And, you know, I would much prefer <laughs> working with someone that, you know, is um, meets me on my same level and things like that, because it, it just makes the transaction really smooth and transaction, whether it be, you know, a, a commercial real estate closing or whether it be, um, you know, a family gathering or anything like that. Like when you're, when you're um, doing things from that perspective, I think, and being authentic, you know, not, not just saying what everybody wants to hear, but having the ability to, to give bad news um, in a way that's, you know, constructive too, because I can't do every single loan. Unfortunately, I would love to do that, but, you know, knowing that perspective, like getting, getting, um, trying to be, you know, sensitive to their perspective as well. I, I think, I think that's what, that's what helps. And just, you know, kind of being there, you know, not, uh, yes. not I taking know. it, not taking it for granted that you're, that you're being asked to help somebody with their project. Yes. And we have a, a really nice comment from a live audience I want to share. It says, Cindy, would you please send a clone of yourself to the East Coast? <laughs> we need more people like Cindy in this business. Like, I, I count on her. She's well, on my short list of lenders and she makes it happen. And you can you can help Carolyn on the East Coast, right? I was going to say that. You Carolyn, can do that. Please, um, it doesn't... definitely want to connect with you. That would be amazing. I do you work know, all over the country. 
Absolutely. And, you know, that's one of the things that I think, I mean, I've, I've known this for about five years now um, because of EXP, but what I've learned, especially, and I think more people have now learned, and it's not so much of an explanation anymore, is exactly that, Carolyn. It doesn't matter if Cindy's in Reno, Nevada or Louisville, Kentucky. She can do exactly what she's doing for Lisa Marie regardless of that. And that's what's great about what we learned through COVID is to learn to yes. connect with people outside of our local market. And that's how we truly grow. And that's how we build with the greatest, uh, you know, relationship. So I'm glad you that's were on yes, today, Cindy. <laughs> yes. And we, dropped, uh, <laughs> we dropped Cindy's contact information in the chat. Cindy is also a CCIM, which is another reason I love working with her because she understands commercial transactions yeah. at such a high level because she's gone through one of the top, you know, it's, I have an MBA and I feel like CCIM is kind of like a mini MBA. It teaches you really everything you need to know to be very successful at helping your clients make good decisions. And so please reach out to Cindy, stay in touch with her. And um, we're so happy to have you here today. Cindy, thank you for participating. Our next show is in two weeks, so we're the second and fourth Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Our next guest is Angie Salcido, and she's going to talk about how to manage and maintain and increase your credit as an individual and also as a business. So that ties in very well with the SBA lending that we talked about today. And um, Stephanie, any closing comments? Hey, I'm excited that Lisa Marie in what two weeks I think it is or week or less less than less than twelve days that I get to actually yes. physically touch you in person. It's been what six and I'm months, seven hug months. You. Oh, that's right. <laughs> see, see, I'm not a hugger normally, but I think that's the other thing that I've learned through COVID, which is isn't that weird? Through a national <laughs> pandemic, I've accepted people hugging me. Weird. Who would have yeah. thought it? Might, yeah, because hug, hugs became hug like everybody. this rare breed. Like I was like, I was having hug withdrawals because I'm a huggy, touchy, feely person. I and uh, so the first time I met Stephanie in person, I was like, I don't care. I'm grabbing you. We're, we're going to do that. <laughs> so yeah, we have our, our shareholder summit in Orlando for EXP commercial. It's an annual event. And that's going to be coming up here in, in less than two weeks, like Stephanie said. So hopefully some of you on the call will see you there. Cindy, thanks again. It's great to have you. Um, words of wisdom, and you are a true professional. And I love the fact, one of the reasons we had you on is that you can help um, our agents and clients all across the United States be successful at the SBA lending process. And thanks again. We'll see you in two weeks. Have a great day, everyone. Bye.